Hello, and thanks for coming along to And We Have an Office Stock, the digital agency podcast where we talk to agency owner directors and learn more about what makes them tick. From the things that make them similar to the things they'd rather have known sooner, where they've had success, and where they've learned some hard lessons. All will be revealed with your host, Chris Simmons, the Agency Accelerator, and he'll be talking to a different awesome agency person in each episode, asking them four questions and seeing where the conversation takes us over the next 25 minutes. Okay, so let us begin. Over to you, Chris. Thanks, voiceover guy, and I'm very lucky to have another Chris on the podcast today. Chris Norton from Prohibition PR. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks, Chris. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad at all. It's, uh, I, I, I was just saying to you before we started, 125 recordings, I still haven't gotten bored of that voiceover guy. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he is very, he sounds very uh, Channel 4, doesn't he? Is that, is he, he I, I, is, I did you know. get him before that show, before Come Down With I, Me? I, I got him, um, he's a brilliant guy, I can't remember his username on Fiverr, but he was a, he's a brilliant Fiverr purchase, shall we say. You go through a few duds on Fiverr, yeah. you find some gold once in a while, but he's he's brilliant. So Chris, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about you running the agency, running Prohibition PR, so for those who don't know who you are, Chris, give us an intro and tell us all about the agency. Okay, so my name is Chris Norton. I am the founder of Prohibition PR. We are a Leeds-based PR and social media agency based in the north of the UK. For those uh, that from people outside um, of the UK, I don't know if you've got USA listeners, but we are yeah, based. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. I've seen when we're looking at our podcast where people are listening, Peru is quite popular um, for ours. Uh, anyway, so um, yeah, so we're based in the north of the UK, which means we offer, we're not cheaper, we offer better value, um, but we've, we we like to offer like London London style thinking in PR and digital campaigns that can help clients, you know, get success and achieve standout. That's basically what, what we are. Um, we're, I think we're either the first or second biggest PR agency in Yorkshire now, which we're quite proud of. Uh, yeah, well. I'd like to say, I'd like to say it's down to my brilliance, but it's not, it's down to the the team I've got. Um, there's 30 people here now. Um, we, although with PR, we focus on PR and social, but PR and social obviously includes, you know, social. Um, since I started back in the day when it was the Facebook and MySpace and all that, um, the uh, social media was very much words, wasn't it? Which is why yeah. you know PR people managed to take ownership. Sorry to all you digital guys out there, but predominantly it was the PR people because we were the guardians of of the, of the written word. Mm. Um, today though, no, not so much. Now it's great graphics like you know that you guys do or, or maybe it's amazing video so we've got an in-house uh, creative creative team as well so we've got video and creative as well as um yeah lots of people who are either trained in journalism or public relations so yeah that's what that's who we are and and 30 people in the in the last few years obviously we've gone through pandemics and all sorts of things like that how how have you found the last few years with the um the people aspect of things are you fully remote is there like a hybrid thing is everyone in the office great um, question how's it uh, how's that worked well first first thing i mean i would say that the pandemic anyone who's a leader out there or runs a business and you run it through the pandemic congratulations well done for getting through it because it was a uh, can i swear on this it was a it was it was bad we'll see what we we'll see what happens i don't I won't swear. An email from spotify so we're good <laughs> it, uh, it was yeah it, it was pretty bad um so anyone that got through that mainly because if you're a service business you you know you, you've got clients who wanted to be serviced 
um, half the half of the people had to be furloughed because most people wanted anybody that were in retail had to be closed. Um, but then we had some clients that that what that, that had to stay open, which meant that half the agency was furloughed and half wasn't. Uh, anyway, we got through that, and and it did yeah it did change the model. I mean, I remember when we said what the hell is you know, that day? Then Boris sent everybody home, and they said um, we luckily everybody here had had laptops. And I remember yeah. us all getting home and going, we all used Skype um, regularly, personally, but we didn't use Teams and nobody had a bloody clue what it was. So um, so what that changed was, yeah, um, we went to, obviously, everybody was mobile, but now now we do a sort of three days in, two days out. So you can work, mm. you know, three days in the office and two days at home. It used to be that, you know, managers and directors uh, all could always be uh, like that, but now execs as well. There's, a, there's mm. you know, there's a certain element of trust with that, but... It's, yeah, it's worked fine. We're very flexible on how people work. We also allow people to come in at, you know, any time from seven thirty till I can't remember what the time is. But to do as long as you do your hours, you can come and go as yeah, you please. Yeah. Basically, I, I'm, you know, you you've got to trust your staff in what we do. So that's how that's how we run it. I've I've seen that some of the even even Zoom has now said demanded that its staff go back that, to the office. I was like, isn't that, that counterproductive? Like counteractive PR um, campaign somewhere along the lines there. Yeah, it feels like someone's going to get hold of that headline and just crucify you. But I mean, Zoom—they're yeah. struggling. They're struggling now, aren't they? Zoom. They're, well, their their the growth has stunted, obviously, because it was a phenomenal growth period. Yeah. Uh, so that. Yeah, yeah. But but any like I say, any any founder, owner of a bit of a business or an agency out there who's made it through the pandemic, well played, because that was those those three four week period where things were just changing, opening, closing, opening, closing, and then it carried on for months. So mm. fair play to you. Well done to everyone. And and I don't think people that are business owners get enough you know praise for that because that was bloody difficult everybody yeah. who's getting you know some people were sat at home drinking great have a great time <laughs> the rest of us trying to figure yeah, out there was some people who were doing both and not so well <laughs> well yeah there was that as well then there was the sheer boredom and I, I'm, I'm a big sport i know you're into your skiing and, and your, your board sports aren't you but i'm mm. a massive sports fan and that period there was no sport what the yeah like what what do i watch now <laughs> what do, i've Bloody. completed netflix Hey, voiceover guy here. <laughs> Me again. Minty Digital increased its net profits by 54% within six months with the OMG Accelerator program. Check out omg.center forward slash info. <clears throat> Sorry, Chris. Keep going. Honestly, you give him a compliment and he jumps back in. It's a bit rude. You were midway through talking about Netflix, but that's not what we're here for. No, no, we're not talking about Netflix. And Chris, how long's the agency been running? Uh, we've been going well. I mean, I, I set up on my own about 30, 12, 13 years ago, but actually we've been limited for, uh, it was our 10th birthday last year, so 11 years we've been the limited company. Wow, uh, yeah. that's amazing. And 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 what do you think has been like one of the most, um, apart from surviving a pandemic and completing Netflix, one of the biggest successes that you've seen since you started that agency? God, that's a good question. Like the big successes, you've got the, you've got the financial things, which people, you know, if you're starting out or you're running an agency, you want to do one million and you want to do two million. But actually you don't once you hit them, you're like, okay, I mean you've got to have financial targets. But successes I would think is like, you know, when we were like six or seven people and we won we won outstanding PR agency of the year. Um mm. and then we've won it we've won that probably six times in ten years. So as that and I know there's other, you know, old world awards, but actually these are from our official Chartered Institute of Public Relations or the PRCA, we've won proper recognised awards in in what we do. So 
and we, we got down to the Grand Prix in the London against big London agencies for a couple of campaigns we've done, which are truly like amazing campaigns. Um, and we didn't win the, the overall national one, but um, it's still to be to receive accolades. That's really we just do. I do awards for one reason, one reason only. It's for the staff. It's not. It's not. Yeah. For, never have I gone in a pitch and a client's gone. Hey, I saw you won the uh, best use of social media campaigns. It never happens. Never ever. Um, so yeah, I do it for the staff because the staff do great campaigns. They work really hard, and you know you need to celebrate the hard work that they're doing. Um, because you know the numbers are the numbers it's like okay we've yeah. done that let's go again let's go again you know you yeah, know yeah. as, as as your agent six all right that's what it's all about be keeping an eye on the numbers but actually uh, the awards are for the staff um so i'd say that's a big success because it shows that the work you're doing is quality not just not just the numbers yeah 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 absolutely and, and there has to be some sort of qualitative measure there and some agencies have have different me- ways of doing that others others awards it's whatever works with your team and with your people because it's an investment anyway and if in uh whether or not it's to to win pitches or whether it's to to make team teams feel good it it has value if you if you win um if you go back though like 10 11 ish years um you've still got all your hair crisp so you must have done something well what <laughs> what advice might you give to the younger version of yourself though it's grayer by the way um, I, I would say I mean, I'm 46, so I'm, I'm, I've got a little badger grey there. Um, what, would, what advice would I give myself? Okay, so starting out, um, you know, there was there was me and two others. I started out, classic story of starting out in your, I actually had a converted garage into an office before office working, home office working was a yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, and I would say, I thought, right, I read all this stuff online because I've been blogging for since, yeah, a long time ago, like 20 years probably. Um, and um, I read all the information about how to set up a business. Networking is networking's the number one thing. Get out and network. I'm sure you tell your, your clients yeah. that. Network, network, network. So I went out to all these business events, and I was going out. So I, I, what I did was I, as soon as I started out, I joined a networking organization that took me around the region. So I got out, and I went wow. out four times a week, like networking, two hours a morning, every morning. That was what I spent my time on, as well as, uh, blogging and doing yeah, uh, yeah. other things like social media because social media strategy is what I was known for at the time. Nobody, mm. not many people were doing it. Um, but so I would go out and do presentations and stuff on how to use social strategy in business and stuff like that. Um, but networking, fucking waste of time. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, yeah, because if you're, it's great, right? It's great if you're networking in the right places. I was networking out there with other businesses that are all starting out and I did get some work and yes, paid it covered itself but the amount of time i wasted going out to uh, events with 30 people sat in there who let's face it they're all startup businesses and Mm. telling them who i am what i did first of all you've got to explain what the hell pr is what marketing is is what most business owners do you hear that that's the fire alarm most business owners most it's only a test um most business owners don't really um, even know what blooming marketing is when they start out. So um, it was meeting lots of people that I couldn't predominantly sell to, if you know what I mean. So yeah, yeah. It, it, it was a bit of a waste of time. One of the things that, that I, I've learned more in the last, say, three years working with agencies than, than I did running my own is is the, the absolute requirement to know exactly who you're selling to and then go to where those people are. And networking yeah. is is brilliant. It's brilliant if you're in the right place in front of the right people. There's no point in going to like the startups 
breakfast networking once a week if you are you can only work with established legal brands that have got 10 grand a month you don't do it you go to legal con or whatever the conference is and have a and pay five grand to do a talk about social media or whatever else it might well be um hmm. you networking is great if your audience are at that you want to work with that are a fit for your business and are easy to work with and pay the money. If they're there, go there. If they're not there, absolutely. So, so do you think that if you did go back in time and, and you kind of said, Hey, you know, maybe four days a week at these places, isn't gonna do much more than wash its face. Um, do you think you'd have listened to yourself? Yeah, I think so. I think, I think it's because what you do is I, I'm, I'm, the reason why I run, run this, I'm quite driven. I'm in fact, I'm very driven. I think I said to you before this call, I, I get a bit obsessed with things. So I'm obsessed with being busy. Uh, and, and that can be, that can transpire when you're starting out as being a busy fool because you have to do it. You have to wear a lot of hats and you have to set out. And I was just keen to smash the world and show them how good um, we could be as a, as a company. And obviously it was mm. me and one other. I started out on my own and then I got somebody within the first four, four, four or five months. That was the other thing I learned, by the way, which is it's great being freelance and setting up on your own until you realize you can't now win business, deliver the business and grow. Scalability. Yeah. Next this was one of the lessons. But both these lessons were learned in the first year. Like, I mean, I've been, been in, I did, I did marketing in, at A-level and then I've done PR all my life to university and then I taught at university. But stupidly for some reason i didn't realize that i always thought I, I, the big thing was networking go out and network meet as many people as you can and the connections will open the doors to you and it worked to a certain extent but you're right you go where the fish are that's the key yeah and as i learned that very 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 quickly but it's amazing what you see it's just t- typical cobbler's shoes you 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 do you don't practice what you preach like i do in pr and, and in terms of media in terms of relationships yeah. with journalists but i it was like trying to craft new relationships with, you know, but now it's totally different. But mm. but back then I learned that lesson. Within the first six months, I was like, right, I need to change strategy. And and I did. And then the business just went boom. And uh, obviously, yeah, it's just grown and grown and grown. But I'm, I believe in controlled growth rather yeah. than mm. investment to grow, not not just because some people just grow to get numbers, you know, oh, with this, like you said, this many people, yeah. et cetera. There's a vanity in there. Um, and we're all we're all prone to ego and vanity in our own various ways and things like that. But um, not knowing what success is uh, for yourself often ends up meaning that you might be incredibly driven, but driven where you could you know just driving is going to crash into something. You've got to have a map and you've got to know where you're going. Yeah. And so being um, having a plan is 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 essential. And knowing like where the fish are, going exactly where you need to go. You then have the right application of of, of investment, time, money, resource, etc., um, to to yield a like you say controlled growth. Um, there's no controlled growth could be massively fast, it could be relatively slow, it can be it can be anything in between. But it's growth that you know you're doing in the right steps, and that's what plans for. And the amount of mm. times that you know you're you're talking to people and 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 they're you know they're working really hard, they're really really busy, but you know, if you ever did get to the point where you could have a genuine conversation, like, yeah, but why are you doing it? They'd be like, um, well, you know, uh, uh, and then that's it. You know, they're, 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 once they identify why they're doing it, and then it makes the whole plan a little bit more different, doesn't it? Chris, the amount of clients that I speak to about that with social media strategy, mm. why why are you on this channel? 
Oh, but, but because the, the competition are. But but why are you do, you're not getting anything out? Why are you spending all your time? And it, you sort of take a step when you take a step back and show them the helicopter exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Why are you doing that? Yeah, and it's when you're in it. When you're in it. When you're fighting the battles. When you're you know when you're in the uh, in the trenches. You know, running a bloody company. It's dust. It's, it can be hard to see the wood for the trees. So you're right, yeah, well, yeah. and being on top of the numbers. Absolutely. That's key. Key thing. Absolutely. And um, so little nod to your podcast here um what's your podcast called the podcast called socially unacceptable and it's all about celebrating marketing mistakes mm-hmm. and fuck-ups so if you're running in uh, marketing or you you enjoy people making mistakes um that's what it's all about it's about what people other people have learned and i just the reason why i did that my podcast on that was because i was i've been at conferences where Everyone just bangs on like we're doing now, talking about what's mm-hmm. what's gone well. And actually, I don't want to hear what's gone well. I want to hear what's gone wrong. What, where have you gone wrong? What have you done wrong? Um, and how, how have you learned from that? Because you get so much more from that, which is probably one of your questions, what's your biggest failure? Which is a neat segue into, <laughs> is there anything that you kind of regret doing? Like when you're running the, when you've been running the agency, is there anything you regret that you did that either was a big mistake that's kind of hurt a little bit or something that kind of set you up for your current level of success success is is i would say i never as a as a business owner never ever look at it as success i'm constantly looking for the next thing mm. i'm constantly innovating constantly looking to see, i don't i don't it's like those footballers that win trophies and they say they don't enjoy it i'm sort of like that so mm. that's why the awards thing is is key for stuff because i think people should celebrate success but as the owner and the person looking at the vision all the time, three years ahead, three years ahead, you know, or even one year ahead, um, you have to stay focused, um, which is what I've not done on your question. So let's get back to it. Um, what, do, what do I regret? Um, well, I would say firstly, like I started out and I had a lot of friends and I tried to run it as a, it's weird when you start out and there's a few of you. It's like a cool thing. It's you, you, mm. you against the world siege mentality. And I think that as as you got to, I've heard you talk to a number of other owners saying that 15 is the number when you, 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 you there's like different stages of agency development. Yeah, yeah. I've heard you. I've heard you on other podcasts talking about it. And um, you're right. Um, and I think when I got there, I realised that you can't you can't run this as everybody's mate anymore. People are coming, people yeah. are going, people are having babies, people are de- developing their careers and moving on. Instead of taking it personally, as you've told me you did with when a client or an yeah, employee yeah. lets, I've I've just learned to, that it's just part of life, isn't it? Yeah, you can, all you can do as a as an employer and a, as a business owner is create the best working environment for, for people that to feel that they're enjoying and being developed, and you 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 listen to what they've got to say. But you can't be the best mate every day. Just like I heard Jurgen Klopp talking. I'm a Liverpool fan. Sorry, everybody switched off now. Um, and he said, you know, I am the I'm their friend, but I'm not their best friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is a which is a great way. He's great bit of leadership. That's true. That because you've got to make the hard decisions as well. Yeah, and and being a good leader is making good followers, and you do that with hiring the right people. But you have to they have to buy into the person that's in in charge, um, and that's what that's where that friend but not best friend bit comes in. I I I I guess. So, and um, conversely, then you know talked about like you know trying to be mates with as many and everyone as possible what what did you do kind of at the start out of the starting gate that that was something that's almost been pervasive throughout and it's unchanged from day one all right well that's the name 
Um, well, yeah, the name did change, so that's awkward. That's <laughs> <laughs> legal reasons. I can't talk about that. Um, yeah. So um, jokes. Uh, so basically, what, what's kept what I've always believed in um, from the outset, like um, that everybody that works for me should be either PR or social media qualified. Uh, so sorry, PR or journalism qualified. Mm. Um, that has changed, but it has stayed across the board of all the clients, all the uh, employees that deliver to clients um, mm. on the PR side. That what's che- what has changed is that what we talked about earlier, where creative and videos come into it. So those guys aren't actually PR people now. So I've got you know teams that aren't actually PR and journalism qualified, but everybody that is client facing on the PR side um, and social side is PR or journalism trained. So it's not like, what I mean by that is, I get a lot of recruitment consultants offering me, oh, I've got this great social media manager. I'm like, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't, I'm not interested. Um, and it's because I, w- I want to be good at what we're good at. You know, mm. I, und- I understand that, you know, maybe some social media managers, there's some very good ones. I know a lot of them. Um, they come to our events and, we, and, and we've got a lot of clients like that. But as a, as a PR, PR agency, I want to make sure that everybody that works here predominantly, except for the mm. creative team, um, our PR and journalism train because at the end of the day, you want the best advice in this sector. If you want SEO, you know, technical SEO advice, yeah. I can give you some, but then I'll bring you on to a specialist that I know who's yeah. brilliant. Miles better than me. Like, you know, I'm not going to bullshit my way through a conversation. Like, uh, I I always think that specialist, specialisms is great. And I've heard you also talk before about agencies that want to do everything. Obviously, we do offer lots of different services, but I always say our our focus is PR and social media. That's where we're. That's where my my my, you know, heart lies, and that's where you know, that's where the fun is for me. Yeah, and and uh, there's a different. I I I I would say that you know, at thirty people, there's a difference between um, offering several services versus five people trying to offer several services. Um, and you know, you can do it a little bit more confidently because you've got some backing of other people, systems, processes, things like that, and also. It's a it's a an upsell referral lead gen machine of itself if you have other services at that scale, but when you're when you're an agency of five people offering SEO, BBC, digital PR, link building, social media, etc., and you're trying to do that for all niches, all businesses, all sizes from five hundred pounds a month to five thousand pounds a month, it's going to be a problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't you can't specialize in every sector. Like, but the, the, the difference with being in the north, of course, in the UK is interesting. In our sector, the difference with being in the north is um, I do find that we are more in more sectors because if you work in London, mm. you would be you could be a tech PR agency that just specialises in tech or a healthcare PR. I worked in both of those, by the way, healthcare specialist and a tech specialist mm. or a consumer PR. Um, whereas we have those specialisms in our teams, but we don't. We're not just that because if you did that in the north, you. There's not as much business as there is in London, obviously. Mm, mm. But with the with the way the world being virtual now, that has changed quite a lot, and I'm sure you've seen that with your clients. Yeah, you? yeah, yeah, huge. There's a there's a big swing with um, in almost every area of all agencies at the minute, and it's only going to get a, a, a much deeper swing in the next few years, given all of the the uh, changes with the re- in, in and around AI, but also the economy. And um, if you've built an agency from the bottom up. Um, it's you're probably going to need to make some significant changes if you've built an agency from the top down and you've got really good thinkers and really really clever specialists. Probably going to do all right. Um, the 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 bottom up approach is 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 get, you're going to struggle a little bit now. Not because the people are bad, 
because there's robots and there's tools that will do the work. Um, and also if budgets are constrained from a client's point of view and they could do some of that stuff at scale, then it's going to be a, it's going to be a dicey ground. You've got to make the right decisions. But I think that might be a race to the bottom. Like actually AI is great, mm. but it's not great yet. It's, no, it's, no, it's no, good. Really, it's yeah. good to start. It's good to start some of the menial tasks, but if actually creativity and brilliant creative people, there's a real scope for opportunity here. Like mm. where that it, the greatest creatives are going to stand out, like the the best people at what they do. Yeah. Because if everybody uses AI, they'll just be the the law of averages on everything. Yeah. It's well, like when you, it's, it's like when you see the technical. It's like when you use one of those technical SEO tools like Surfer, right? And it, what it does is it scrapes the top one hundred rankings on Google and then gives you the average. So then you make your content, and you, and lo and behold, your best content appears seventh because mm. you're this. You're the average of the averages. It's yeah. the same, that same sort of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, twenty four minutes into the into the episode, in a year's time, when you come back for season two, we're going to replay this one minute and see what's changed. And and I don't know. I, I that's the that's the beauty of predictions you never really really do know and um, I do think that you're right in terms of the uh, AI from a delivery delivery point of view and all that sort of thing um, it's more the case that I suspect that uh, if a business comes to an agency for specialist support they would want the strategy and the the, the, the process of the implementation of deliverables where quite a lot of other deliverables like at scale can be done in a non-human way yep then 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 lots of those not lots of those humans that are doing a lot of non-human needed deliverables now should bloody upskill as quickly as possible and don't get me wrong we've we've got four or five different ai tools we're already using because i invested mm. technology we're already using them for our, for our staff that yep. absolutely I've, I've read surveys that are saying some marketing people just don't want to use ai and it's like well, don't be stupid. You've got to innovate. The industry, the world's going to change. Yeah. You can't, otherwise, you're going to be left behind. So, but I do think that the human touch is still great for creative. Absolutely. And um, Chris, someone has come all the way up to your your office. And you guys are inside because it was only a test fire alarm. Uh, and uh, they've knocked on your door and they said, "Can I speak to Chris? I need to ask him one piece of advice. I'm about to start my own agency." You accept that meeting, and they ask you for your advice. What one thing are they going to walk away with that from that meeting? Okay, um, it's quite straightforward. Get niche, get big, and get out. That's yeah. some a wise man. I wish I could say that was my quote, but a very very rich man told me that when I was before I started out um, in marketing, um, and he said uh, he runs owns like a hundred. He was like the chairman of a of a marketing organization they own a lot of companies but he shall remain nameless but he's the, he said get niche get big and get out and i was like that's actually very good advice it, it still is it, it it does work um at, yeah i've talked about this countless times one-to-one with agency leaders uh in this podcast being in some form of a niche means that you can be the specialist being in some form of a niche means that because you're a specialist you can command better rates you get better referrals. Referrals are cheaper than than uh, than doing the marketing. The marketing does itself for yourself if you are the niche in the niche. And then you can be the thing in the space. And then it's way more sellable to someone else in the future who wants to be the thing in the space but can't build it themselves. Um, yeah, absolutely brilliant advice. Um, Chris, thank you so much for coming on to the episode. It's been really great to talk to you. And in a year-ish, 
or so's time, we'll be listening to minute 24 of this again and having a good old laugh at who was right, who was wrong. I hate the fact you've timestamped that. It's going to come back to bite me on the ass, isn't it? On Riverside, you can press mark clip, and I have done. All right. Okay, great, great. So I'm going to see that all over TikTok. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, cheers, Chris. That was good. And in our next episode, we'll be speaking with another agency leader to hear their story and the lessons they learned along the way. Thanks very much for listening. Ah, ah.